This episode of News Dump is brought to you by HelloFresh. If you thought the record set by Quibi for a streaming platform to completely faceplant was impressive, well, you haven't seen anything yet because cable news Goliath, CNN, has already made an abrupt change to its premium subscription service without even giving it one month to get off the ground. Yeah, that's uh, Quibi was lifetimes compared to the lifespan of CNN Plus. I know. I mean, so the subscriber and active user numbers for CNN Plus have been so bad that just three weeks into its existence, it is being shuttered by parent company Warner Brothers Discovery, which but, is going to be odd to get used to saying. But hey, at least they didn't spend like hundreds of millions of dollars on this boondoggle, right? Right? Oh, buddy. Right? They wouldn't do that. That would be stupid and wasteful. <laughs> So yeah, for reference, the widely mocked doomed from the start vertical and horizontal stream platform Quibi, which has become a benchmark for terrible platform launches, uh -huh. uh, lasted around six months before executives pulled the plug and started just selling off their assets, admitting defeat while continuing to blame their failure on the pandemic, even though that doesn't make sense. No. Uh, Quibi's six-month existence now seems like a lifetime compared to CNN+, Plus, which announced it would be shutting down operations just three weeks after its launch. <laughs> It's pathetic. Just three weeks. It is. Most people didn't even know this existed. Yeah. Well, that was that. I first heard about it. They're like, "Oh, this thing is about to shut down." I I had seen some promo for it. Uh, I think like as advertisements on like Hulu or something like that. But I forgot about it. And the only time I remembered it existed was last week when it said CNN Plus might be doomed. And then the, it four days goes by, and they're like, "Ah, yeah, this is." Uh, we're just going to go ahead and get rid of this now. Like, yeah. absolutely no hope that it could do anything worthwhile in the future. They dip their toes in the water. A piranha bit that toe off immediately, and they're just going home. I mean, you have to hand it to them. At least they didn't drag it out like Quibi did. Like, it didn't become a... I mean, it is an embarrassment. But it didn't become, like, this thing that just exists that is constantly embarrassing the company. And wasting uh, lots of money in the process. Yeah. Uh, so Although they could have gone on for six months, a year. I wouldn't have, I don't feel like anyone would have known about it. It would have been a failure. They would have lost even more money, but like. They could have maybe uh, gotten some awards, even though no one watched it. Like, yeah, uh, that, like a lot of other uh, streaming best platforms. short form online. Yeah, all those categories, the Quibi categories. Yeah, they could have got one of those like newly invented Emmys. Uh, yeah. the awards police. Here comes here. the ambulance to take uh, <laughs> CNN down to the morgue. Yeah. So yeah, the premium network, which hosted CNN's admittedly good documentary series, as well as original programming from established news talking heads, was only able to bring in a few thousand paid subscribers immediately after its launch. Yeah. A number so pathetic that it would be financially irresponsible to allow the service to continue. And internally, CNN was indicating that there were way more subscribers but that the active users were very, very low, uh, under 10,000, which makes sense, but also not enough to sustain a premium subscription network. Yeah, didn't Quibi do something like that, where like everyone who had like T-Mobile or something was like a Quibi member? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. don't remember the specifics, but it was like, yeah, we have all these members. It's like, okay, but how many people are actually using the app? Yeah. Well, and, that's not important. And this would, uh, uh, you would assume that a lot of these would be free trials, considering yeah. that there wasn't even enough time for the free trial to end before they canceled it. <laughs> hey, where'd my free trial go? I only got three weeks out of my six weeks trial because the app ceased to exist after three weeks. Zucker owes me some money. Well, he's not there anymore, so he can't pay for it. Yeah, good. But uh, yeah, it is just downright embarrassing for a company that 
despite its own downturn in ratings for its big very brand, bad ratings. Yeah, is still. I mean, despite that, still seen by millions of people on a daily basis, but very passively. Yes, people just throw in, it on in waiting rooms, at doctors' offices, and in hotel rooms, and uh, at airports. And coffee shops. I don't think anyone is really like sitting down to put on CNN because they just love CNN that much. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're just a stupid YouTube show that makes fun of the news a few times a week, but we're, we're apparently wiping the floor with CNN Plus's numbers. Feels good. I know. <laughs> Finally getting the uh, appreciation we deserve. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, we operate as a free service outside of some sponsorships, obviously. But it is a pretty funny thought. Could we beat CNN and paid subscribers? Are you a bad enough viewer to hit that join button for just one month so we can see whether or not we're bigger than CNN Plus? It's right there below the video. It's just taunting you. And Come of, on, do of, it. Of course we do are. It, pussy. No, we're kidding. Uh, the fact that you watch us on a regular basis is more than enough. Do it. Do it, though. Do it. But uh, let's look into what went wrong for CNN Plus other than the fact that we assume no one is a dedicated enough fan of a news network to actually pay more for extra of it or pay extra for more of it. Uh, here's the New York Times. In a move that stunned the media and tech worlds, Warner Brothers Discovery said on Thursday that it will abruptly shut down CNN Plus on April 30th. Quote, while today's decision is incredibly difficult, it is the right one for the long-term success of CNN. Chris Licht, the network's incoming president, told staff, the shutdown is an ignominious end to an operation into which CNN sank tens of millions of dollars, from a nationwide marketing campaign to hundreds of newly hired employees to big contracts for name brand anchors, including the former Fox News Sunday host Chris Wallace and the former NPR co-host Audie Cornish. Both those people deserve so much better than this. Uh, yeah, I, like Chris Wallace, he's just like, look, I just want to report the news. I just want to do hard-hitting interviews with politicians. I'm actually pretty conservative. I've been a Republican my whole life. But I can't work at Fox News anymore. It's like working in an asylum. So, you know what? I got this exciting new job offer down at CNN. Uh, I'm going to be the face of their new their new online network. It's very exciting. And I remember listening to the like NPR sign-off week for Audie Cornish. It was like, yeah, she's going on. She's doing this thing. It's, uh, it's great. Yeah. Right? So it's like, does she go back there? And they're like, oh, look who came crawling back to NPR. You can sit at the tiny desk that we put musicians yeah. at. Yeah. Oh, you were too good for public radio. You had to go commercial news. Well, who's laughing now, Audie? It's like, I can't remember the, the woman's name, but she was like uh, the host of L, uh, Good Day LA. And then she went, she went to CNN, I believe CNN. Yeah. And then came back to, she's on Good Day LA now. Mm. And you can kind of tell she doesn't really, uh, she's not really that happy about it. But, uh, you know. The locals, they love her, I guess. And also, all those employees, like, can you imagine? Like, I'm assuming this is based out of Atlanta, where, uh, or maybe not. No, I, I think they actually spent a bunch of money on a, uh, like, an entire floor of a building in New York. So you get this job. Some of these people, I, it has to be at least a few of them, moved to New York. Yeah. To, to start working for, this is my, finally, my big opportunity. I've been called up to the big leagues to work at CNN Plus. Well, and especially in this industry, it's oh. like, there's always probably an expiration date on whatever project. Uh, but right at the beginning, you're like, hey, look, this is solid money for, I don't know, they'll at least, they wouldn't pull the plug it for at least a year, right? This is like a, a guy I know works for uh, College Humor mm -hmm. for like years, for like 10 years making content for them, doing it remotely. Mm -hmm. Finally moves from New York to LA to be closer to the company. Literally a week later is when uh, College Humor just laid off its entire creative staff. He's like, well, yeah. this fucking sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel bad for those people. I feel bad for Chris Wallace. I assume he's just going to fucking retire at this point. Nah, it, Maybe there's... start a podcast. 
the uh, we get into it, but the plans seem to indicate nothing's confirmed, but seem to indicate that some of this may move over to HBO Max or Discovery Plus. Yeah. Which yeah. Anyway, should have just given all that money to like Hassan Piker. Save. Just give him. I think he's. Do- <laughs> I don't think they could afford him, honestly. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But they would have gotten a lot more bang for their buck. Yeah. Well, give us the money. Fuck it. I, I give me that money. But uh, while the low subscriber rates certainly did not help and were definitely the analytics needed to put a halt to the project immediately, it was the new bosses in charge after the Discovery merger that made the entire project doomed from the start. Yeah, like CNN Plus, it was developed by Jeff Zucker, who... uh, The man who made Trump president. uh, And yeah, just a, a truly awful human being. Yeah, he, as you're aware, if you've watched our show recently, has resigned from CNN after it came to light that he was participating in what is professionally referred to as a undisclosed romantic relationship with a colleague. Whatever. We'll get him on a technicality. Yeah. Uh, So with Zucker gone and the merger with Discovery nearing completion, the new captain of the ship would be someone named David Zaslav. And Zaslav apparently wanted nothing to do with CNN+. Uh, Here's that Times article again. Executives at Discovery, wary of antitrust rules, were constrained from advising their counterparts at CNN until the merger was done. Jason Kylar, the Warner Media chief executive, forged ahead anyway, launching the streaming platform on March 29th to the frustration of the Discovery leadership. Literally the day after the merger between the companies was complete, meetings were held about the future of CNN Plus, which at this point was barely more than a week old. Those meetings resulted in a suspension of marketing for the platform and pretty much doomed it right then and there. This is sort of like when uh, when AT&T bought uh, Warner Media. And they were, uh, which Warren Media had just bought Machinima and AT&T's like, what the fuck is this? Well, why would I want two MCNs? What the fuck is this? Get rid of it. Yeah. I don't care what this is. Yeah. Bye. Uh, anyways, after that happened, the Discovery execs, they got a look at the numbers. They, they took a look under the hood. Yeah. And they, Let's kick the tires on this thing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, granted, the service was still brand new. Uh, internal numbers at CNN indicated they gotten over 100,000 subscribers. But that was essentially, it was all pointless because two people familiar with the numbers told the New York Times that at any given time, fewer than 10,000 people were watching the service. Whew. Yeah. So the plug was pulled, mercifully. Actual subscribers would be given prorated refunds. This obviously will result in a a lot of layoffs. But uh, some of the shows and certainly the pre-made content from throughout the company's history will presumably live on uh, over at HBO Max or maybe Discovery Plus, if that doesn't also just get rolled into HBO Max, yeah. the, the super service, which, as we said when this merger was announced, is what they should do. Yeah, it makes the most sense. Why all this fucking redundancy? Just put it all in one place. Exactly. Like, there, it might be a smaller piece of the pie financially for Discovery to roll it into it, but the pie's a lot bigger. Yeah. So, I just, look. Comparatively, I've had both. I had a free trial on Discovery, and uh, there's some good content there, but not enough to keep me going there. Yeah. So My wife shows on there. You should check it out. Yeah, if you do have Discovery the, Plus. The Ghost Town Terror. There you go. But, Travel uh, Channel on Discovery But imagine Plus. how successful it would be if it came over to HBO Max. I, I agree. Yeah. It, it would be a lot better for everything involved. You Say the name of the show again. The Ghost Town Terror. On a Discovery Plus. Discovery Plus. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you take all of Discovery Plus, put it into HBO Max, baby. You know, despite our constant critiques of Warner Brothers as a dumb company that makes bad decisions, that would be a great platform. It it currently is a great platform. Like it would I, just be better with Discovery Plus. You know, I I oppose it uh, on antitrust grounds, much like I oppose most of what's happened across the media landscape over the last 
five or six years. But in terms of content as a consumer, it's yeah. great. It just shouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. But it if does, it's going to. So it's awesome. Yeah. But uh, speaking of absolute low points in media, a few months back, some information leaked from the set of an already horrible reality competition show. And it's a show whose very existence we were already baffled by. So it was based on, a, I think it was a Korean show. Korean or Japanese? All right. Which what, makes sense. But yeah, I mean, as an American audience, how could a show as bad as The Masked Singer possibly get any worse? Oh, baby. Well, by allowing one of the worst people involved in modern politics onto that show in an attempt to repair their extremely tarnished image. So Rudy Giuliani, as we all know, had apparently been unmasked. Uh, this is a couple months back. Uh, and while these big reveals are always kept under wraps, this one was so appalling to the crew and at least one or two judges in particular that it was leaked to the press alongside a description of the events where uh, Judge Ken Jeong walked off the set in disgust. Yeah, so that was a while back. I kind of forgot about it. Uh -huh. But that episode of The Masked Singer finally aired this week. Um, so was it as bad as everyone made it out to be? Yes, yes, yes it, it was. fucking was. Uh -huh. But uh, it also provided the world with a televised moment that was so absurd that it, it really kind of makes you feel as though we're living in some kind of altered reality. It was like, it's like one of those fake shows on 30 Rock. This or... could only exist in Clown World. Yes. So Rudy Giuliani, that, that wet guy, the disgraced former mayor of New York who parroted all of Trump's lies about a rigged election, among other things, uh, he popped out of a <laughs> fucking... Jack in the box. <laughs> Boing. A giant human sized Jack in the box. Boing. While singing George Thurgood's Bad to the Bone. Which I don't know if has any relation to a Jack in the Box at all. That's no. more of the didn't, 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 or whatever the fucking song yeah, is. Yeah, should have been saying clown music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tears of a clown. Send in the clowns. There's lots of great clowns. Songs. But no, he did Bad to the Bone because apparently he's a bad person. B -b 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 -bad. <laughs> the day I was born, the nurses all gathered around to stare at the wide wonder. Uh, the absolute piece of shit they had found. Yeah, this baby's so wet. Why is this baby leaking oil? It's <laughs> <laughs> getting all of our fucking uh, pillows and blankets all dirty. So, Disgusting. Yeah. I mean, look, we can't show you the video. You, There are ways. There yeah. are always ways. We'll put links in the description so mm -hmm. you can suffer along with us. But So Ken Jeong and reportedly Robin Thicke didn't immediately storm off. They were present. While uh, host Nick Cannon did a quick interview with Giuliani, there was a, just a sense of like confusion, especially for Ken. A sense of unease. Ken Jong, I think he audibly, he first sees him from far away and he thinks it's Robert Duvall, <laughs> who I never thought about it, but does kind of look like Rudy Giuliani. Could play him in a and movie. And then quickly he's like, oh, that's not Robert Duvall. Yeah. Uh, but apparently uh, you're, you're in, on the show. I have only seen clips of it. Mainly when Ninja was on it, because that was going everywhere. Wasn't Sarah Palin also on this at one point? Um, I think she was. Wait, was she on Dancing with the Stars or this one? Uh, They're both like used for pandering. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyways, you uh, apparently are allowed to sing one more song after you're revealed. Uh, and as Giuliani began his final number, Ken Jong is shown saying, yeah, I'm done. And storming <laughs> off the stage. And it, and it doesn't seem like a joke. Like It doesn't seem like yeah, he's no, playing he, it up. He he's seems genuinely just like upset. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Uh, Thick was also absent from the shots afterwards, but uh, that left both female hosts, uh, Nicole Scherzinger and noted anti-vaxxer Jenny McCarthy, on stage just dancing along to this legitimately surreal celebrity appearance. And at the very least, Giuliani looked and sounded terrible, and we're pretty sure this isn't going to win him any new fans, but it might make people look past some of his more malicious acts in recent history because he just looks so pathetic. 
Yeah. It's the same kind of image repairing through self-deprecation that we saw with Sean Spicer when he went on Dancing with the Stars to make a fool of himself after being the mouthpiece of the Trump administration during its early days. Not only parroting the lies that were coming out of the White House, but also offering up alternative facts on a daily basis that were easily refutable, like the crowd size at the inauguration. Oh, yeah. My favorite one was when he uh, he referred to Nazi death camps as Holocaust centers. Yeah. But uh, then he came out dancing the cha-cha and everyone forgot, right? My favorite little detail about this Giuliani thing is um, they cut to a lot of crowd reactions of people clapping and cheering. And then people spotted some text during the credits that says, uh, note, due to COVID-19, we have reused some crowd reaction shots, uh, you know, from earlier episodes. But even if it wasn't COVID-19, like they literally have cameras pointed on the crowd for all reaction shots and can use that however they want. It can be manipulated to do anything. It's just funny, like for this one specifically, they're like, uh, we did have to go into our archives a bit to find some reactions that we hadn't already used, which weren't um, discussed in confusion. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani being the man in the jack in the box. Yeah. So, but that's typical of all reality show. Yeah. So anyways, it's all trickery. But speaking of people who've been working to repair their image for years, uh, if you weren't around in the 90s, you might see Mike Tyson as just this calm, cool-headed, weed-smoking, pigeon-loving podcast host and uh, star of, or I guess co-star of The Hangover. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a fun guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And not the absolutely insane fighter who you would be terrified of if you were just even in the same room as him. This man, this man took down some of the greatest athletes in the world in like seconds. Like I think his shortest fight was under two seconds or some crazy fucking number. It was so bad that the (laughs) pay-per-view people had to apologize and give away a fight for free. Yeah, he, uh, for a guy his size, like, the speed that he could punch is supernatural. Mm-hmm. The, the man is dangerous. He also, like, seems like a cool guy now. He was, he was, uh, he was kind of got in, asshole. Got in, yeah. yeah, got into a lot of trouble back yeah. then. Um, but, yeah, so one guy, one younger guy who probably was but a child in the <laughs> 90s, if that, uh, he, he fucked around and he found out the hard way this week yeah. uh, that Mike Tyson... He still got it. <laughs> yeah. When uh, when this man here uh, reportedly uh, kept, he, they were on a plane. He was sitting behind Mike Tyson. And he, he kept drunkenly bothering the former heavyweight champion until Tyson finally just snapped and offered some fists to face in order to shut him up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, honestly, despite clearly bleeding and a bit swollen, the guy, he kind of, he got off easy. And he doesn't even seem that mad about it. He's just he, like, yeah. I couldn't tell if the pouty face was un, like him trying to play it off or actually sad because his face is at that point kind of swollen to the point where it looks like he might actually look like that. Yeah. Sad. But I mean, uh, I mean, honest, you know, Mike Tyson clearly went, he went soft. On he that. held back. Yeah. He, he pulled his punches like mm-hmm. he could have decapitated this man. Yes. But he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's TMZ with that story. A witness on the plane says as he and his friend were boarding Tyson's flight, The boxing legend was initially cool with them and other passengers. The witness tells us Mike took a selfie with him and then was patient with his overly excited buddy who kept trying to talk to the 55-year-old fighter as he sat behind him. Eventually, though, we're told Tyson had enough of the guy behind him talking in his ear and told him to chill. When the guy didn't, that's when the witness says Tyson started to throw several punches at the man's face. And they also updated the story to say that the man involved uh, was apparently extremely intoxicated. Yeah. 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 And that uh, after being threatened for or after being, sorry, treated for non-life threatening injuries, uh, that person, quote, 
provided minimal details of the incident and refused to cooperate further with the police investigation. Good. Potentially learning an actual valid life lesson. But definitely see a doctor. Yeah. And get that head checked out. Look, violence, never the answer. But what did you think was going to happen bothering Mike Tyson repeatedly? Yeah, just stop. Uh, unfortunately, as a result of this altercation, Mike Tyson has been banned from the Academy Awards for 10 years. Tyson keeps getting into situations. Like, just a few weeks ago, he was at a comedy show, and, like, someone brandished a gun. And, yeah. And, like, he personally, he like, talked, him talked down. the guy down. And yeah. Like, all right, all right, you want a picture with me? And the guy's like, oh, cool, Mike Tyson. And he's like, all right. Yeah, he defused the situation. So when there's a gun involved, he uses his words. But when someone's just being an annoying little shit in his ear, that's when the fist flies. You got to imagine, though, like, the room in which Mike Tyson resides, any room, is going to have, like, a an electric aura in it. It's going to, like, it's going to, like, get people going. Like, this guy is the heavyweight champion of the world. You just walk into a room and not feel the electricity. <laughs> yeah. Gets people all fucking tightened up. They're like, oh, shit, I got to do something. Whether that's annoy the shit I out gotta of I got to do something to make Mike Tyson think I'm cool. Yeah. What if I talk in his ear for way too long while he's trying to rest on this plane? And honestly, like, this guy has a story forever. Like, I took a punch to the face from Mike Tyson. See that scar there? That's when I fought Mike Tyson. Well, yeah. I didn't really fight him. He... Please don't look into this any further. He beat the shit out of me. Yeah. For being annoying. Don't Google don't my name or Mike Tyson's name. <laughs> Anyways, we do have more news for you, including uh, some updates to stories that we've been covering. In just a second, but first, let's thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Get farm-fresh seasonal produce and easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week, so they always arrive fresh. All without a trip to the grocery store or the farmer's market. Pick your favorites from 50 different weekly options and skip weeks when you need to. Change your delivery date or update your preferences all in the HelloFresh app. We especially like HelloFresh because it's a great way to dabble into vegetarian cooking and learn about all the ways to make veggies more delicious than you ever thought they could be. And on next week's menu, they've got tasty vegetarian options like black bean and poblano flautas, apricot, almond, and chickpea tagine, or asparagus and mushroom truffle pizzas, and, mm. and a lot more. Mm. Uh, I've been trying to eat more veggie stuff recently, and uh, this is a great way to learn how to make all that stuff taste very good. So go to HelloFresh.com NewsDump16 and use code NewsDump16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that is up to 16 free meals and three free gifts by going to HelloFresh.com NewsDump16 and using that code News dump 16, or click the link in the description. All right, back to the news now. Mm -hmm. With an update to a story we covered a little while back regarding a YouTuber who may have crashed his own plane for the gram, for the content. For the clout. Uh, potentially breaking many laws in the process, because you, you can't just crash a plane. Oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. You just can't do that. Uh, so in case you missed it, last December, a YouTuber named Trevor Jacob Two first names. I know, you gotta watch out. Uploaded a video which seemed to show an emergency situation where the engine on his plane stopped working and he was forced to bail out of the aircraft before it crashed. Now, luckily, he was fully prepared and was wearing a parachute. Oh, what luck. Alongside a bunch of action cameras attached to both him and the plane for some reason. Capture, just capturing this, you know, impromptu, uh, terrifying moment incident, yeah. All, from all possible angles. I can't, the luck, the sheer luck to be wearing a parachute in a uh, single engine plane, which uh, literally, doesn't happen. I mean, plane crashes do happen, but uh, people aren't always 
strapping parachutes to themselves yeah. when they take their personal aircraft out. Anyways, immediately, uh, people started pointing out numerous red flags associated with the video, and pilots themselves got involved in the discussion, basically indicating that there was no way this wasn't staged from the get-go as some sort of made-to-go-viral stunt video. It was pretty obvious that the video was faked, not that the plane crash didn't happen, but the emergency scenario was staged so that this person could jump out of the plane and avoid the crash. Problem is, it's obviously highly illegal to do that and dumping an aircraft intentionally could have resulted in serious injury to someone on the ground or cause a devastating fire to the surrounding area, especially because the location of this crash was in Southern California. You don't want to start a fire in the wilderness or the de well, whatever part. This is in a uh, mountainous area. Yeah. It could be really bad, especially uh, in December. Santa Ana winds are kicking up. It would take firefighters a long time to get there. By the time help is... On the way, that that little fire has become a big fire. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a few months, but we finally have an update to this story. And uh, yep, he did it on purpose. And Trevor Jacob is in big trouble. Yeah. Here's Insider with more. The Federal Aviation Administration has revoked the private pilot certificate of a YouTube influencer pilot after determining that he crashed his plane on purpose for a video. You demonstrated a lack of care, judgment, and responsibility by choosing to jump out of an aircraft solely so you could record the footage of the crash, the agency told YouTuber Trevor Jacob on April 11th in a letter seen by Insider. Your egregious and intentional actions on these dates indicate that you presently lack the degree of care, judgment, and responsibility required of a certificate holder. Good. A little bit of shame always works. Uh, in the letter to Jacob, the FAA added, During this flight, you opened the left side pilot door before you claimed the engine had failed. Uh, Jacob also made no attempt to contact air traffic control on the emergency frequency, did not attempt restarting the engine, and did not look for a place to land, quote, even though there were multiple areas within gliding range in which you could have made a safe landing, the agency said. On Wednesday, Jacob did not appear to be aware of the FAA's ruling, telling the New York Times in an email, where'd you get that information? Shit, I should probably go check my mailbox. <laughs> I thought that I could just avoid the letter. Oh, no, I didn't see the letter, so I'm clearly okay yeah. to fly. Don't th doesn't someone have to show up and serve me? Yes, the FAA shows up and serves you at your door. Yeah. The door of your plane. Uh, so anyway, while we're on the topic of fake shit getting passed around on the internet, let's do a fun one. Apparently, there was a big rumor going around that the, the woke mob had <laughs> used their cancel culture magic once again to de-sexify American candy. Mm -hmm. now, this time, the target was not the... Uh, Formerly sexy green M&M's heels or voluptuous chocolatey breasts. Yeah. It was the infamous dick vein that comes standard on every Snickers bar found on convenience store shelves everywhere. Everybody knows about the dick vein, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a vein. Now, it's hard to quantify the importance of the Snickers dick vein, but it's, it's definitely something that candy bar enthusiasts gravitate towards. Yeah. So a nasty little rumor about the removal of the Snickers dick vein was sure to rile up chocolate bar purists everywhere. Hell, maybe even Tucker Carlson would go off on a tangent about the Snickers dick vein being a staple of American culture and how its removal was further proof of our crumbling society and values. I'm sorry, I just can't eat it without the throbbing vein attached to it. We used it. to put dick veins in our candy in this country. I want my country back. <laughs> I don't like the way this country's headed. It's, so, it's too smooth. <laughs> I can't anthropomorphize that big chocolatey candy bar. Some people like it that way, but I just can't enjoy a smooth Snickers bar. Unrealistic. Yeah. But that's all it was. A nasty rumor. Literal fake news used to rile up the masses. But it did get enough, uh, it did get big enough to elicit coverage from news outlets as well. <laughs> as well as an official response 
from Snickers themselves, which is objectively funny. Uh, first, here's the viral tweet and image that kickstarted the chaos. A Twitter account by the name of at Juniper, which uh, an account that has successfully trolled the media in the past. Yeah, multiple times. This account also came up with goblin mode, or at least got goblin mode to be used like widely by faking a headline where it's like, Julia Fox uh, reveals why she and Kanye broke up. Quote, he didn't like it when I went goblin mode. Yeah, and that be that actually became like part of the vernacular. It's yeah. like a, it's now a term that has been uh, yeah. happily appropriated by uh, Gen Z for uh, going a little bit crazy. Going goblin mode. Yeah, because the, the term didn't exist before, and now it, it, it is a perfect term. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, that account tweeted, Society is quickly losing so much culture to cancel culture with how it is. It's already beginning. I just bought a Snickers. My favorite treat, might I add. <laughs> and it came out completely smooth. I am disgusted. I am shocked. I need to be alone right now. So that, of course, went viral. It yeah. got picked up by numerous accounts and quickly got featured on Snopes, who had the task of confirming that it was not true and was just some... Good old-fashioned trolling. Probably. They went out and bought a bar, and they were like, nope, the dick vein is still there. Yeah, it's probably some other some other candy bar stuck in the Snickers. This is wrapper. how the Snickers looks in Europe. Yeah. Do you really want this coming to America? But, uh, you know, even with Snopes, the damage was done. Yeah. The story had gotten so out of control that Mars Inc., the company who manufactures the Snickers bar, had to release a statement. Mm -hmm. So on Tuesday of this week, the brand, from its official verified Twitter account, posted a photo of the veiny, throbbing chocolate bar alongside the following statement. Good news. Contrary to what's trending on Twitter, the veins remain. <laughs> and we, This is the one good brand social media post in so long. Is all the brands, the, all, the one thing they do good is lean into just being sexual deviants. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Duolingo on, uh, on Instagram. No, no, on TikTok. On TikTok, yeah. Yeah. Shit's wild. And uh, and the Nihilist, well, the Nihilist Arby's is a fake account, yeah. but Nihilist Steakums is very real. Yeah, that's just Steakums. <laughs> uh, anyway, we can't show you the top responses to the tweet, uh, but they are very funny. Yes, they but, are. One, uh, is, uh, one was even censored. You had to log into Twitter to see it. Yeah. It's basically just a dude deep-throating a Snickers bar. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, photos of people just with a Snickers bar in their mouth, but it's just sort of framed in a way that is very uh, I love the X-rated. The emoji one that has a Snickers bar, it's like an emoji smiley, and it's like eyes are watering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good news, folks. The Snickers dick vein is here to stay. There was never any risk of the the dick vein disappearing. And But just in case, Ron DeSantis signed a bill saying that the dick, yeah. vein, dick vein must remain. Yeah, that's America's dick vein. Yeah, but uh, let's uh, kick back over to entertainment news for a second. The fallout from the Will Smith slap is still having ripple effects throughout this industry for some reason. The Smith family refuses to leave the news cycle, much like Elon Musk. They are in a constant war with Elon Musk about getting their name in headlines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Netflix has dropped the sequel to Bright. There was going to be a sequel to Bright? Yeah, though that probably has more to do with the fact that the company lost almost half of its entire value this week. Also, wouldn't they have to pay Max Landis fucking residuals? On oh, like that. yeah, maybe. So that's, this is objectively good news. This is great news for Netflix. They yeah. were looking for an excuse. Uh, there's also rumors about a potential divorce in the works between Jada and Will, which would probably be the best thing for both of them at this point. At the very least, maybe just a little bit of some time apart. And away from the media cycle. Yes. But the dumbest statement from this past week related to this all this crap has to be from the Tony Awards. An awards show for musical theater. <laughs> who has come out firmly against any potential violent outbursts 
at their upcoming ceremony. As if there was a real threat from Broadway actors, dancers, and singers. I mean, look, maybe... Keep my wife's name out your motherfucking mouth. I mean, maybe if Beetlejuice or Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical, beat out Hadestown or something. Uh, sure, violence is justified in that scenario. Yeah. Although these are all musicals that I believe came out two or three years ago. Oh. And I don't know. But uh, this seems like a pointless, already implied warning. Uh, here's the Hollywood Reporter. The Tony Awards have introduced a new policy on how it will handle potential violence during the live show weeks after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. In the FAQ portion of a letter obtained by the Hollywood Reporter and sent by Tony Awards Productions to possible ticket buyers for the 75th annual show, producers revealed how they plan to handle an individual in the event they are the perpetrator in a violent incident during the ceremony. Quote, the Tony Awards has a strict no-violence policy, the letter reads. In the event of an incident, the perpetrator will be removed from the event immediately. I mean, okay. Yeah. I, I think we can all agree that we feel much better about watching the Tony Awards now. What am I supposed to tell my kids? He could have killed him. <laughs> he could have killed him. He could him. have had a fistful of bees. <laughs> but this is like such a generic, like, why even mention anything? It's like, uh, tonight's performance of Disney on Ice will not tolerate any violent outbursts towards the cast who are on the ice just trying to put on a nice show for you. I mean, I think with the Oscars, they're probably like, fuck. Like, we wouldn't, this would be a lot less awkward if we just made everyone who attended, like, sign a contract saying, I won't, I, I agree to be removed immediately if I assault someone else. Yeah, you would assume they, that would be implied, though. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Well, at least also, the Tonys are getting out ahead of it. Also, Jada just using this whole situation for content on her, like, her YouTube Red show. or She's a monster. Yeah, I... She sucks. There was that. Did you see that video a couple weeks back? Uh, it was like someone found an old Instagram live of hers from a couple years back, where she just starts like she's like in the kitchen with just, Will Smith. Yeah. She just like starts filming him, and he's clearly just like he's not camera ready. He's not in the mood for it, and it's just this really fucking awkward interaction where he's like, "Please stop filming me." And it's the kind of thing where it's like if you're Jada Smith, like you just delete the video. You don't post that to your to your stories. And she like she still did apparently. It, it's very uncomfortable to watch. So yeah. I mean, it's like kind of like Amber Heard recording her admission to striking Johnny Depp. It's just like, you thought this was going to make you look good? My fa I saw a, a great tweet about that whole thing yesterday. It's like, my favorite thing about, or it's like the great thing about the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial is there's a clear good guy and a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just bait, just chum. Yeah. I love it. Engagement. Yeah. Gonna get a lot of engagement on that tweet. Clearly, there's a good guy and a bad guy. So. Yeah. And we all know which one's which. <laughs> Don't we? Don't we all? Uh, anyways, on the uh, movie side of things, thanks to the success of the Sonic the Hedgehog films, it looks like Sega is going to keep that gravy train rolling and will be offering up more of its IP to Hollywood. But the next project uh, that's been announced, it's probably not the one that you would assume it would be. No, it's not an Echo the Dolphin film adaptation. Is it Crazy Taxi? No, it's not Crazy Taxi. Instead, is it Jet Set Radio? Absolutely not. Instead, Sega is opting to go with a Streets of Rage film instead. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it could be cool. Probably won't be anything more than a silly action movie, which is fine if it's done in a completely self-aware way. Mm -hmm. But here's Deadline with the actual news. On the heels of its success with Paramount's Sonic the Hedgehog films, Sega has another franchise coming to the big screen with beat-em-up game Streets of Rage getting the film treatment, sources tell Deadline. 
Derek Kolstad, oh, who created the John Wick action franchise and penned the Bob Odenkirk actioner Nobody, wrote the script on spec. The side-scroller follows former police officers who battle a crime syndicate. Since the debut game, the Streets of Rage franchise has spawned sequels across numerous gaming platforms, including the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. Sonic producer DJ2 Entertainment and escape artist Equalizer franchise will produce the film adaptation. So okay, so he sounds like Derek Kolstad, who, yeah, pretty good uh, filmography there. He wrote it on spec, which means uh, he wrote the script without being asked to do it, and then started shopping it around, being yeah. like, if you acquire the rights, this is a script for this idea. Uh, it's kind of uncommon. It's, it's usually something you do earlier in your career when you're just like, Man, he trying must to show really love Streets write. of Rage. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's cool if it actually comes to fruition. As long as it's completely self-aware and stupid. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, maybe that's the path. Is like John Wick, legitimate action movie. Nobody getting a little bit more fun with it. And then, like, this is the next step in the evolution where it's just like, maybe he's always wanted to do just a terrible self-aware 80s action movie they gotta have like at least one one scene that is shot like side scroll side scroll fight style like like similar to that shot in uh, old boy mm -hmm. that's like all from or like, like when side. uh what was it doom where they did the first person <laughs> first person no. mode there also uh do you see the new fast movie got its title announced it's fast x fast x and it has a lot of people wondering is this the one where they reveal that Xander, that Xander Cage and uh, Dominic Toretto are actually long-lost brothers. Yeah. I think that the coolest thing <laughs> would be if uh, he cast himself twice in the movie. Yeah. And got I, paid double. That's the only, like, he's, you know, every every Fast movie, you're like, how, how are they going to top this next time? Two Vin Diesels. Yep. I think it would be the coolest, funniest thing. It hasn't been confirmed, but I have a, I have a strong feeling. Because, like, Triple X2, well, first Triple X came out like 20 years ago. Triple X2 came out five or six years ago. We went to the junket. Clearly, Vin Diesel, he he cares about Triple X as a he franchise. He does, yeah. More than probably anyone else on Earth. Yeah. He's all about it. Uh, they might, the only thing I could see them waiting for is Fast and Furious 13, because then they could literally call it, it wouldn't be correct, but they could call it X3. X3. Yeah. But no, I think it's a legitimate uh, guess, and I think that, at the very least, they have to hint to it, right? I hope they do it. Two Vin Diesels. I mean, it's awesome. He rode down the side of a mountain on a... Uh, Skis. A, no, on, a, well, on a uh, dirt bike and then surfed a wave on yeah. a dirt bike. They haven't seen like an action movie where like that since like Double Impact with uh, two JCVDs who are long I think it's brothers. a great idea. Yeah, two Vin Diesels. Baby. And I think you should get paid double. Yeah. And credited twice in the movie, separately. Yeah. Starring Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto and Vin Diesel as Xander Cage. The Rock said he'd never do another Fast and Furious movie, but he never said anything about a triple X movie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Uncle Rock, the kids want you back in the movies. Please. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for News Dump this week. Uh, if you haven't seen them already, please check out our most recent episodes of uh, Tech Newsday. And uh, another episode we did early in the week about uh, Alex Jones and InfoWars going bankrupt. Win. So check both of those out. We'll see you soon for some weird news. Uh, and in the meantime, have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.